This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Fulton County and the uh, state of Georgia both pay me direct deposits. Okay, so the cash that you would pay him, you wouldn't get it out of the bank. I have money in my house. You have money in your house. So it was just money that was there. When you meet my father, he's going to tell you as a woman, you should always have, which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months in cash at your house at all times. Now, I don't know why this old black man feels like that, but he does. When we were growing up, my daddy had three safes in the house. So my father's bought me a lockbox, and I always keep cash in the house. Now, I don't do it to the degree that my father would do it, so he would probably be uh, ashamed with me, but I always have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house, and I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates, but when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it didn't came out of the bank? Cash is uh, fungible. We've had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today as I would normally have, but I'm building back up now. So you just put money in. It's a very good practice. I would advise it to all women. So you can't identify when you came into this cash or where the cash came from? I didn't say I couldn't identify it. No, nobody gives me anything. I am sure that the source of the money is always the work, sweat, and tears of me. What you asked me for is when did the money go in there? What I am trying to tell you is, so I got divorced in 2005 from my husband. And, and no, 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 it's important. You said, where did the money come from? And I need to tell you where the money came from. And so for many, many years, I have kept money in my house. That money in my worst days has probably only been 500 or $1,000. At my best days, I probably had $15,000 in my house at cash. At all times, there's going to be cash in my house or wherever I'm laying my head. The money that you paid Mr. Wade, the cash, in October of 2022, you do not know where that money came from. I do know where it came from. It came from my sweat and tears. You know which job it came from. Did it come from Fulton County or did it come from a private job? It came from, I don't, I'm not a, what are you talking about? So it, it could have come from a, a private job because before I was DA, I was in private practice. So I earned money during that time period that's probably in there. You don't it know could have. What do you mean? I don't know where it came from. I, I understand the situation. We can move on. Okay, thanks. Um, same with Aruba. You don't know where that cash came from either, right? Ma'am, you are mischaracterizing my testimony greatly. Um, I'm not going to allow you to mischaracterize my testimony. I know that I keep money in my house. The amounts of money I gave Mr. Wade, it was never that serious. I don't think I've ever handed him more than $2,500 in a reimbursement. So we're not talking about $20,000 in cash. I don't have $20,000 in cash right now. The most I ever gave him, I know I gave him $2,500 when we went to Belize because we went to one um, hotel and then we went to a second hotel. That $2,500 I actually gave him while we were still in Belize. I knew if you could ask a more precise question. Yes, please give me the time period. That <laughs> Mr. Wade visits you at the place you laid your head. When? Has he ever visited you at the place you laid your head? So let's be clear, because you lied in this, this. Let me tell you which one you lied in. Right here. I think you lied right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. And this it, is, it, it is a lie. It is, it is a lie. Ms. Willis? Mr. Sena, thank you. We're going to take five minutes. Be back in five. Out of a courtroom, we all know what professionalism looks like, what decorum looks like, and devoting ourselves to the rule of law and proper advocacy. I would 
urge everyone to keep those principles in the mind, starting with the fact that we won't talk over each other. And from there, we'll get through this. Ms. Merchant. Thursday, 15th, February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, a complete and total humiliating fiasco for the people of Georgia, the great city of Atlanta, and the state of Georgia. And Governor Kemp and uh, Attorney General Carr should step in immediately and shut this thing down. It's going to go on to continue tomorrow. It went to up to 5 o'clock today. Um, that is the district attorney for Fulton County. And this thing was a fiasco. Mike Davis, good, good assessment. Uh, in the previous hour, we're going to have more to say about this, more analysis. And of course, Catherine Engelberg, they're in their own firefight in Georgia. She'll be joining us uh, momentarily, but I want to start in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Naomi Wolf with uh, Senator Bo Benton and Senator Tim Salazar join us. Naomi, thank you very much. Tell us, what is Naomi Wolf doing out in uh, with uh, with two uh, two hard hitting conservatives out in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, man. Thank you. Well, it it all started with the war room when we put out the call for uh, people to sponsor this clean elections bill that we drafted, Daily Clout and American Voters Alliance, and that you've been such a stalwart champion in getting out to the public. Um, Representative, I'm sorry, Senator Tim Salazar to my left was the first in the country to reach out to me and invite me to the State House. And his colleague, Senator Bo Beitman, is co-sponsoring the bill. And so we're so thrilled and honored to be able to announce that on War Room today. Um, not only has it a sponsor and a co-sponsor, but both of these um, wonderful leaders have been uh, introducing me to their colleagues, passing out the bill, um, advocating for the bill, and they've both been working hard on election integrity issues even before the bill showed up. Guys, let me start with you, Senator Salazar, and then I'll go to Senator Biden. I've got following you. We're going to go to New York with uh, with Elise Stefanik's, one of her senior people, NRCC, about this fiasco in New York State, which is now out of control about the mail-in ballots and, and the bad voter rolls. Then I've got Catherine Engelbrick and Greg Phillips from True the Vote on another fiasco in the state of Georgia. I had already always I'd always assume that places like Wyoming, we already had it sorted out and squared away. So what is the problem? What what is, what is what level of problem do we have? that it takes Naomi and the hard work that uh, Daily Cloud has done, the war and posse, to, to help try to sort things out there. Why are you even on top of this initiative? First of all, it's a pleasure to be with you, Mr. Bannon. My constituents want, um, they want to know that their vote counts. They want to know that there is voter integrity. And one of the things that's so great about this draft legislation is that we, we want paper ballots counted by human beings. We don't want drop boxes. And Senator Beitman and I want to be uh, involved in Wyoming being the first state in the union to pass this legislation. But to answer your question directly, it's to give integrity, transparency for the people of Wyoming. And for many of my constituents, they want to know that their vote counts and that it was counted correctly. And that's why this legislation uh, that we received from Naomi is so attractive. Hey, Senator Bikeman, before we come to you, I just want to go back to Salazar. Just explain to me, th this is, just walk me through the basic pieces. This will be paper ballots, hand counted. Is it the same day counting? Or are we going to wait for two weeks until we hear from Wyoming? Or will you guys structure this so that we get a count that night? No, it'll be, it, it is same day counting. Um, and that's what's so great about this is that uh, we get the decisions as quickly as they are counted rather than waiting for two weeks. Um, as some states do. Um, this is really great legislation. And, and as I said before, it's going to give confidence to um, our constituents that their vote counts. Senator Beitman, I, I guess what you're throwing down is saying it, it, if France can do it, the great <laughs> patriots in Wyoming can do it? Absolutely, Mr. Bannon. Um, Wyoming, we've been trying to piecemeal election integrity together for the last few years. We've tried to ban Zuck Bucks. It failed. I've ran a ballot harvesting prohibition uh, two years ago. It passed the Senate, died in the Wyoming House. Uh, 
we've been fighting to clean up our primary elections because in Wyoming, we just have a primary, right? We're a Republican state. The primaries were at that, but we had Democrats picking our nominees for decades. We finally closed our primaries last year. So we've, we're way behind on election integrity. And this bill, this uh, model legislation is the best I've ever seen. This, is, this takes everything we've been working on and puts it all in one package, and it's exactly what we need. Uh, Senator Salazar, what's the process from here? Walk us through how we're going to track this in Wyoming and make it a model for the rest of the country. But what is the process you guys will do right now? Thank you for, for, for tracking us. So we are going to introduce this legislation in 11 months. We're in the middle of our session right now, so our deadlines have passed. But uh, we will be introducing this bill um, in January for the state uh, Senate. Hopefully we can get that passed in the Senate. It'll go to the House of Representatives in our state legislature and then uh, to a conference committee and then hopefully to the governor of Wyoming for his signature. And we will definitely keep you uh, in the war room apprised of our uh, progress. Um, let me ask you, is there, a, do you believe, Senator Biden, let me go to you. Do you think there's a big groundswell out there of folks in Wyoming that'll say, hey, we, we should have had this a long time ago and we'll be in back of this? Absolutely, Mr. Bannon. We've we've heard from our constituents. The problem is we, this legislature, Wyoming is a deeply red state, but the legislature is not. And we're the bluest red state in the union when it comes to that. You'll see it across a lot of these western red states where it's really tough to get common sense America first conservative bills through. Uh, it's going to take an election cycle to cycle some of these people out, but the people are demanding this and it's it's going to happen. The grassroots are activated. Uh, so many people in Wyoming watch your show every day and um, it's I'm really excited about this. Explain that to our audience because we just had this fiasco in the Senate where the reddest states, North Dakota, South Dakota, some of these great states up there in the American Redoubt, you saw Idaho, two senators. People just don't understand. They said, I look at the demographics. I look at the voting. And, and they've got these, these senators, U.S. senators, that are, that are voting all the time with McConnell and, and really a collaborationist to the Democrats. How is that the state legislators? How do you have these patriotic, hardworking red states? And you say the state legislatures are basically blue, and that's the big problem. We got we, we, that Wyoming is the bluest of the red states. Yeah, because we, for the longest time, we've allowed Democrats to vote in the Republican primary. They'll cross over on the election day, vote for the most liberal Republican on the ballot, and then they'll cross over the very next day and they laugh about it. We, it took us forever to fix that, but we still have a huge problem with that. And uh, honestly, voter apathy is a big deal out here. Just be, people often vote for a candidate because they have an R by their name and they're not Republican whatsoever. And so our state legislature reflects that. And Tim and I, Senator Salazar and I, are actually minorities within our own party, if you can believe that, uh, as patriotic conservatives. So the fight is real, even in red states like Wyoming. Senator Salazar, I'll finish with you. Just, uh, I want to ask a national question. As the good folks in Wyoming look out as we're in a run-up now, what, nine months away from election day for the president and for uh, for Congress uh, and for one-third of the Senate, what's the sense out in Wyoming or where the nation is right now? I think that uh, in Wyoming, um, Congress is broken. And 70% of the population of Wyoming loves President Trump. And I think um, Wyoming will overwhelmingly go for President Trump, and that's good news. But out here in the West, Congress is broken, and so they're looking to their state legislatures to try and fix their everyday prog problems. And that's what uh, Senator Beitman and I are trying to do. But um, we uh, are a pro-Trump state. Naomi, thank you for doing this. Uh, this is fantastic. This this is your first kickoff, and we've committed to uh, to sending folks around, and we're going to follow you in all fifty states because we know nobody can stop Naomi Wolf. So thank you, for, thank you, Naomi, for doing this. Thank you, Steve, for helping to do this. The two senators, Biteman, let's go with you first. What's your social media? We know a lot of people are going to want to follow you now since you're telling the folks out there, hey, just because it's a red state doesn't think a lot of blue action is happening. Where do people follow you? I mostly am on X now, Twitter, because Facebook sucks. Um, at Bo Biteman, uh, B-O-B-I-E-M-A-N. 
uh, free speech all the way. Perfect. We'll put it up on our, we'll put it in the chat rooms and Grace will, Mo will push it out. Uh, Senator Salazar, you. I just have a, a Facebook page and I'm probably going to go with the, the Senator Biteman to, to the X, but it simply states Senator Tim Salazar on Facebook. Thank you so much. Naomi, where do people go to Daily Cloud? I know they're going to want to follow closely your new initiative. Sure. Well, I'm putting out the word formally to ask um, 47 other state legislatures to invite me to do what uh, these gentlemen led the charge in doing. And you can go to dailycloud.io to download the bill, download it and send it to your state representative and also um, send it with support or comments to, rep to Senator Salazar, Senator Biteman. That helps them. Um, and if you're in Wyoming, uh, you need to reach out to them to ask how you can help. Um, and that's me. And I've written about this on Outspoken as well. Guys, thank you so much. Naomi, great job. Uh, Biteman and Salazar, thank you for joining us. Two fighters out there in the West. God, love Wyoming. What a fabulous state. Fabulous state. Um, Mark Elias, do I have DeGrasse? Okay, now we're going to get down into it. We got, uh, we got the two fighters at True the Vote, Catherine and Greg are going to join me here in a second, but I want them to hear. Mark Elias just tweeted out, I guess I'm living rent-free in Ben, and said, look, I'll give the devil his due. You're totally demonic, but I like fighters, and you're a fighter. I want a Mark Elias on our side. We keep looking for our Mark Elias because Mark Elias is everywhere. It, it, DeGrasse, join me here for a second because he took umbrage with the fact that you came on here the other day and said, hey, look, we don't hear any happy talk. It's the voter rolls. It's the mail-in ballots. It's the ballot harvesting. The, the Democrat Party, let me tell you how it works. They have two central kind of core areas. They have the university everywhere. I don't care if it's in Ann Arbor, if it's in Madison, if it's in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, if it's in Chapel Hill or Austin, Texas, you pick it. It had these big universities that Arizona uh, State up in Tempe and University of Arizona, all of it. OK, the, these these the Boulder with Colorado, the, they have these university and college towns and then they have the big urban areas. And that's where in particular they know they can ballot harvest there. The mail-in ballots help them. The voter rolls are completely corrupt and they'll never let any, anybody get to it. Do you stand by your contention that this was a major factor? Look, I'm not going to defend the candidate or the Nassau County executives that picked her because, hey, she was not MAGA. She's anti-Trump. So just that that's just you got to deal with it. But there was something structurally wrong with this. Am I incorrect, Brother DeGrasse? Did make major news on the hit. Uh, what was this yesterday? But um, this was the first election under the new unregulated mass, we believe, unconstitutional and illegal mail-in ballot system. Um, you know, Elise Stefanik had filed a lawsuit as well with other Republicans to try to stop it. We filed for an injunction to try to prevent it in this in the case of this specific special election. And just like with 2020, Steve, they had the same playbook. They said, oh, it's too late. Mail ballots have to get out the door. The election's coming up. There's no standing. You know, whatever they said, they just they didn't take the case. Um, and then they dismissed it, of course. So we're still challenging that and appealing it up to the highest court in regards to the 2024 general election. Hold it. They didn't take the case. They didn't take the case because the New York courts are as corrupt as anything. Look, Big Tish James is a she's like Boss Tweed. She's the one, ladies and gentlemen. Trump was in that court today. That judge, it's this is a Tish, a, a Tish James deal. Alvin Bragg's just an intermediary. He's just a guy walking back, filing papers. This is Tish James, and Tish James controls controls the entire election now. Talk about this law they passed. In September 20th of this year, does she not become El Supremo on elections? Have they not gun decked this state law that's right underneath federal law that she is the czar? She, she's, she's the ref. She's calling everything. Is that what happens in New York State? And if it happens, how are we going to win these House seats, brother? Yeah, that is what happens. It is even worse. They've even restricted where we can go to challenge elections into certain courts, specifically the ones 100% controlled by Democrats in the big city. So if you are in a rural part of New York State, which is a Republican held, and you have an issue with the election and you want to go to court, you actually have to file your case either in the city of Buffalo, Albany, or New York City. So 
We think that's unconstitutional. We've been looking at that. Uh, it's very tough at the state level um, in terms of kind of what you're able to do. And I think New York, it's such a wake up call for everyone to see what these maniacs can get away with, because what they do in New York and what they get away with, they bring elsewhere, Steve, as we know. So New York 100%. is really that, the tip of the spear for this, MAGA. That's that's their testing ground. That's their testing ground. They put the bacillus in everywhere. We know what Mark Elias, how he rolls. Hang on for one second, because I want to get the other the other uh, media narrative is that immigration, uh, the border works for them in, in this New York election. Nothing could be f- more false. NRCC did a great job. I want to hold because I want to bring in uh, Catherine and Greg right now on the election piece. Uh, Catherine, I want to start with you. And Greg, thank you for joining me. We got him up. Okay, Catherine and Greg. There we go. So, Catherine, I'll start with you. you. I'll start with you, Greg. Thanks for joining us, too. Catherine, it's pretty simple. I've never seen a more organized media hit in my entire life than what get dropped on you guys today with the start of the Fannie Willis trial. Just totally random. But and I I went on the sites last night and then early this morning. True the votes got no no evidence, no facts. Uh, Engelbrecht's a liar. Uh, Greg's a nutcase. Uh, you know, the judges said it. Uh, Raffensperger said it. So tell me what I know. I saw the cast of characters against you, so I know something's cooked up when the Raffensperger is sitting there going, they had nothing. What exactly did they say, and what is your response? Catherine, I'll start with you. Well, I mean, we have we first approached the Georgia Bureau of Investigations with our information, uh, with the assistance, mind you, of the FBI, uh, back in 2021. This has been going on ever since. We we the, the subpoena that is now being uh, thrown about in all of these specious news stories focuses on very specific questions that the SEB asked that that don't don't connect to the the facts of the case as as a reader that hasn't been involved in this might think. They're asking us for identities and contact information, and that's simply not what happens in geospatial analysis. You are, you are working with device IDs, and this was well known to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And so when the SCB asked us for things that we don't have, that doesn't mean that we don't have evidence. It means that we don't have what they're asking for. But we have provided time and time and time again everything that is needed to conduct an investigation. They they simply don't. There's this is a cat and mouse that just continues on, and they pull it out whenever it's convenient, like today, to try to obfuscate the otherwise, uh, you know, scurrilous acts of Fannie Willis. No, there's so, so Greg. The, 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 also, the headline they put out there is that two thousand mules is completely untrue. That they had nothing, and that. All these people that are going there were just dropping them. I think, I think one of the stories said they were just dropping them for close family members. What, what's, what's the truth here? Absolute, absolute BS. Every single thing that we have said from the outset is true. Uh, we started with seven, excuse me, <clears throat> we started with seven, uh, 1.7 million cell phones that were uh, potential uh, involvements in it. We whittled it down to 242 people that went to 10 or more drop boxes during our target period and three or more of the NGOs. It's just true. They can piss and moan and whine all they want, but the, every single time they bring this up, we slug them in the mouth with the truth. They go back in their hole, then they'll come back out with some way to target Catherine because they're afraid of me. And it, it's just insanity. In this case, they, subpoen- they subpoenaed both of us last year. Then they dropped all the ones about me and tried to make it about Catherine this time. And who, who knows what's going to happen next time? These people are absolute trash. Steve, they're no different than Eugene Yu and the Connick people. All that they want are they want the whistleblower's name so that they can either kill them or make their lives miserable. You know, Raffensperger's connections to the CCP in China are well documented. We've got pictures of him speaking in fluent Mandarin Chinese. And the guy is just a piece of trash. And I, I just have no use for him. And the fact that he's such a coward and decided to target Catherine instead of me, come on, bro. You want to fight? Come fight. Come fight me. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Catherine's pretty tough. I think I, I think I'd I go with, I think I take you on before I take Catherine. And you're not I, easy I'm day in, at I'm the in beach, a completely separate Catherine, room right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so but 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 Greg brings up he gets to the heart of it. He gets to the heart of it. So Catherine, 
what about you've had these whistleblowers? Isn't this an exercise in trying to force you guys to serve up the names of these whistleblowers so they can actually try to intimidate these folks? We we yeah well hundred percent yes but we started out with this when we came to them in 2021 explained what had happened and asked for whistleblower protection or some kind of immunity or security and they wanted no part of it all they wanted was the name and then after we explained that and we said all of this in 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 confidence and in what we thought was in a professional environment clearly it's not. But we we explained that this that this individual had been hurt, that he had been hospitalized. They they trot all of this out into a subpoena. And it's and it's meant to send a number of messages, certainly to organizations like ours, that you you best not ever push back because this is what could happen. But also to any other would be whistleblower who who would ever think to come and trust the state now with any kind of sensitive information when they are watching this play out in real time? It's it's all a setup to keep to keep the no the people who know what's going on as silent as they can through 2024. Here's the deal, Catherine, Steve. Can we there, start? There, there are yeah, four, go ahead, Greg. There are four hundred. There are four hundred and thirty thousand ineligible voters on the voter rolls right now in Georgia. Four hundred and thirty thousand. We know it. They know it. In fact, they're in a hearing right now trying to explain right all now. the reasons why they can't clean the rolls. Like literally, right this second why they can't clean the rolls. The fact of the matter is, by the time the election happens in November, they've already said, we're not cleaning the rolls again until 2025 because we're afraid to. So there's gonna be 500,000 people, ineligible voters on the rolls in Georgia on election day. Hang on one second, guys. I'm gonna hold you through the break. Uh, Alex DeGrasse is gonna hang with us from New York. Talk about this, these voter rolls. Uh, this is the predicate. This is what they, this is what Elias and these guys know they can rely upon, short break. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part? You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Beware. When's the last time you checked your home title? Never. Right? Cyber criminals may have already forged your name off your home's title. His name is on your home's title. He's going to take out loans using your equity. You won't know until foreclosure notices show up for unpaid home loans he took out on your house. Now, I rely on Home Title Lock to protect my home's title. The instant they detect activity, they mobilize to shut it down. Let me repeat that. The instant they detect activity, they mobilize to shut it down. Question, has some criminal taken over your title? Find out for free when you sign up. Code Bannon at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection. Let me repeat that. You get a free comprehensive scan and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection. This is all free. Go to home title lock, hometitlelock.com. That's hometitlelock.com and put in promo code Bannon. That's hometitlelock.com and put in promo code Bannon. Take action today. Take the angst of this off of uh, off of your plate. Don't let these cyber bandits, these cyber thugs, coupled with artificial intelligence mess with your home equity action 
action, action. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Make sure you take, take it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, before I go back to Alex DeGrasse, let me uh, give, uh, let's get Catherine and, and Greg back up here. Catherine, once again, what's happening in Georgia today, and how can we be four years after they stole it in 2020 and still be arguing about the same 430,000 uh, non-Georgians on the voter rolls, ma'am? Yeah, the Senate, uh, Senate Ethics Commission is having, in Georgia, is having a hearing right now where the Secretary of State's uh, team is explaining why they can't clean the voter rolls. And the truth of the matter is Georgia cleans its rolls every other year in odd years, only the first six months of the year, which means that Georgia cleaned its rolls early in 2023 to some degree. And they won't do anything again now until 2025. And between now and then, as Greg rightly said before the break, the numbers will continue to grow. We know that there are already over 400,000 ineligible records currently in the Georgia voter rolls. That number we expect will swell to over 500,000. And that's plenty, plenty of gray area for them to play in, as we saw in 2020, when 67,000 some odd voters went on to vote, not living in Georgia, went on to vote in the 2020 election. And that's in our in our in our observation. That's another piece of what this cover up against us is all about. Is they don't want it to be known that Raffensperger knew that the roles were in the shape that they were in, and yet tried to pass it off on that call with Trump, and act as though nothing was wrong. The the, the Secretary of State and the, the the election process in Georgia is out of control. Greg, then what's to be done? I mean, we're, we'll send people to true the vote, but what? how could this thing be such a fiasco? And Rothensberger is going on TV all the time, and Kemp's going on TV all the time and saying everything's great. Are we going to have another situation where it's going to be stolen from Trump in 2024? Never. No, sir. Never in my lifetime have there been more eyes on the situation than there are right now, not just in Georgia, but everywhere. Steve, what they're really, what they're really afraid of and what's starting to leak out is that Catherine and I have spent the last four years amalgamating the largest election integrity database in the history of the country. We have 211 million voting records. We have a billion data elements on each single voter. We, we, the entire thing is geocoded. We have 20 trillion cell phone pings. We know everything about everything. We even can stream video now. We have AI-based video streaming capabilities. So all of the things that they tried to pull off and that they were able to pull off in 2020, given not just Catherine and True the Votes team, but but the technical support that we're able to give, um, we're supporting now apps like one of Catherine's apps that we helped build for IV3, IV3.us. It allows citizens to go in and help clean up their voter rolls. We're relaunching it next week. Um, we're ready this time, Steve. They aren't going to get away with it. And in the end, what they're trying to do it right now, of course, they, they want Trump ultimately. But what they're trying to do right now, they know this is coming. And now they're trying to discredit us again. So they can have it anywhere they want it, but they aren't going to get away this time. Catherine, where do people go to get uh, learn everything about True the Vote, what's happening in Georgia, and particularly uh, the uh, the good news that Greg just gave us? 
Absolutely. You can go to truthevote.org. And I would encourage everyone to sign up because as we begin to launch these new projects, uh, I'm going to be starting um, live webinars to explain all of the opportunities and ways that citizens can get involved. And there are so many important ways. We don't need to just be spectators and watch as, as, the, as the weeks click by and, and be concerned about things that should be happening that aren't. In states like Georgia, citizens have opportunities to file challenges on those ineligible records, and that's what we intend to help citizens across the state, and not just in Georgia, but across the country do. Go to truthevote.org, sign up, get plugged in, and uh, we'll keep you busier than you can imagine in the next four months, next few months. That's fantastic. Greg, what's your social media? How do people how do people follow you? I'm mostly on True Social. Um at Greg Phillips, and uh, we're on, uh, Catherine and I have a joint account uh, called Onward Onward Social on Twitter. Fantastic, guys. Uh, great work. Look forward to going over there and checking it all out. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Two fighters. Threw them in jail and couldn't break them. I don't know. I don't know. What's the over and under on Catherine versus Greg? I have to think about that one. Two pretty tough hombres. Another tough hombre, uh, DeGrasse. Um, you see what's happening down in Georgia. Uh, how do we have any shot of cleaning up the voter rolls in 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 in, in certain counties in New York or in uh, New York City or in any part of New York State? Or is this just we just we're just whistling past the graveyard there? Well, I think New York is probably the worst in the country. New York, California. I mean, the stuff that we've seen in New York. I think you've had some of the folks on the show. Um, you know, New York's version of sort of true the vote, um, out of the voter, I believe. Um, it's really, really bad, Steve. You have ballots being mailed out. You have Democrat commissioners in New York who have been caught on video talking about, you know, their illegal harvesting. And now they're obviously illegally putting in the rules to allow harvesting. So it's a whole nother sort of frontier. But no, the rolls are really bad in New York. Like they're pretty much the worst in the country. Yeah. There's no fail safe. Tell I mean, us, illegal... I want to go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, they're, I mean, they tried to register illegal immigrants to vote and local Republican students stopped that. But you know, that's where their intentions are. They want illegal immigrants. I mean, they passed that as a law in New York City and it got overturned in the courts, but they're coming back on other angles. I mean, you've already got them, Steve. I mean, you've got billions and billions and billions of line dollars and line items in New York State's budget for welfare and driver's licenses and everything for these illegals. It's out of control. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. I guess that goes. Well, let's talk about, we talk about, but yeah, it, it pivots right into, so if I'm listening to Morning Joe, I don't have time to play his rant, but he's sitting up there holding the paper and, and, and uh, Joe Scarborough and that crowd is saying they think they got the magic bullet uh, to take uh, to take out MAGA, and that's the uh, border. And they think Sousa is a Sousa or Sousa, that, that he, he actually showed them the way forward on the invasion of the southern border. Uh, the NRCC, you guys did some work on this. Your colleagues over there did some great work on this. Tell me what, uh, tell me what their line of thought is. Yes, yeah, Swazi. It's a good Italian name, which played dividends for them um, in the district. So it's all. This narrative nationwide, Steve, this is part of a play to try to break Republicans in the House when they take another pass at this Ukraine deal. So remember I said that, but that's really what's going on from the Biden White House, and they're looking to kind of make it's all lies, of course. So let's just start from the beginning of this seat. Tom Swazi represented this seat, was reelected in a landslide over and over again, did not run for reelection in 2022 because he tried to run for governor to the right of Kathy Hochul. So he's already sort of staked very, um, you know, conservative positions on crime and immigration. He does have a more past liberal record of which we tried to litigate. But this guy comes into the race, Steve, with like a 55, 52% approval rating and only about 25% disapprove. So right there, you're talking about a very, it's incumbent. He's an incumbent Democrat. That That's sort of what we're dealing with here on top of the fact that they had more than double the amount of money we had. So the NRCC and House Republicans, they came in hard in January and they get a lot of credit. We get a lot of credit. And we made this single issue. Immigration, we went up with an ad. I sent it to Cameron. I don't know if you guys can play it or not, but this one ad moved his numbers from a 26 percentage favorable advantage to a net, to an equal one-to-one. -one. 
and we drove him under 50. And you don't see numbers move like that in a few weeks, especially while we're being outspent two to one. And Swazi has a lot of institutional advantages that other candidates across the country are not going to have. This seat voted for Joe Biden by eight percentage points. Every Democrat president has won the seat. And there's a 65,000 voter registration advantage for Democrats in the seat. So this was really a must win for them. The reason why we were able to flip this seat in 2022 was the work we did to turn out Republicans at a historic level across New York State and really pump MAGA, pump the base, and well, win independence as well with the governor's race and everything else going on. So it's very complicated, but the reality is the immigration issue is a disaster for them. Steve, we used to talk about economy being a top issue when about 25, 28% of voters were saying that's their top issue. And that's when you combine like inflation, cost of living and everything else like that. By the end of this race, yeah. we had yeah. over 40% of 40% of voters in a district that Joe Biden won saying immigration yeah. is yeah. their top issue. I mean, yeah. that's unheard of. Yeah. Hang, hang on, let me show this ad that, that, that drove these numbers. Let's go and play the ad. Illegal immigrants arriving by the busload. Why? Because Tom Swazi repeatedly weakened America's borders. Swazi supported allowing illegal immigrants charged with violent crimes to be released back into our community. He even bragged about getting rid of immigration enforcement. When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. Tom Swazi helped create our immigration crisis in Congress, he'll make it worse. Congressional leadership fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. Another murder committed. Another illegal immigrant arrested because of open border radicals like Hochul's hand-picked candidate, Tom Swazi. Swazi opposed penalizing sanctuary cities, voted against notifying authorities when an illegal immigrant attempted to purchase a firearm. And Swazi even bragged that he kicked ice out of Nassau County. A crisis on our border, murder in our streets because of radicals like Tom Swasey. The NRCC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were, let's focus group. The, those are both powerful. Which was the one that, that, that you guys went with that drove the number down so hard? The radical one, but both were key. The other one was CLF. They came yeah. in big, critical. That radical one is what we went up with first. And it was key, that, that last ad. And I mean, Steve, yeah. other Democrats, don't have the type of built-in advantage that Swazi has that was sort of unique to the special election. Democrats own this crisis. Crime is rampant when you look in New York State. You've got rapes. You've got what just happened across the board in Kansas City. People are looking at that. You know, there's all types of horrific tragedies. And Joe Biden owns all, and all these Democrats that are not just complacent, but they are willing conspirers in this crisis. Yeah. And we will litigate that. We've no. never, I've never seen numbers move like this, Steve, and I do it for a living. No, I, I got to tell you, you see tomorrow when they, they take President Trump's business from him in this New York state court, the reason is, is what they've allowed to have happen in these elections there. It's outrageous. DeGrasse, you guys are fighting a tough fight up there, but a good fight. Where do people go to get all your information? Well, follow me on X, DeGrasse81. I'm on Truth Getter at DeGrasse. I appreciate it. But what we really need is these state courts pay attention to what's going on because what's happening in New York is coming to your state next. A hundred percent. That's what we're going to do. We're going to rub people's nose in it tomorrow. That's why we covered funny Willis all day. It's hey, it's coming to a, it's coming to a state near you. Don't think anybody can hide from it. Alex, thank you so much. You're one of the great fighters out there. The new generation. Thank you. Uh, one of my favorite, the uh, Foundation for the Defense of Mock Democracies. I mean, these are tough, focused people. Cleo Pascal. Clear. I want to make sure because it's kind of the 80th anniversary of our um, of all the uh, the blood and treasure we spent in the uh, in the mid Pacific. Um, you've been fighting a good fight to make sure that's not forgotten and not just historical memory, but in living memory. Walk me through what's going on and how people are kind of overlooking this. Thank you very much. Yes, the uh, February 17th and 18th will be the 80th anniversary of Operation Hailstone, which was the the Battle of Truck Lagoon where uh, a good chunk of the Japanese Imperial fleet was uh, sunk and really made a, a big difference as the U.S. forces were moving across the Pacific. And the zone that they were moving across was a zone that Japan controlled from 1914 until U.S. forces came through in 1944, about 80 years ago, as you said. This is a zone that is larger than the continental United States, and it includes the countries that are now 
Palau, Federated States of Micronesia, where Truck Lagoon is, and Marshall Islands. And those three countries uh, were administered by the U.S. Uh, after the war, and then they became independent. But they became independent in the context of the Cold War and the relationship that uh, Reagan personally got involved in to negotiate with them gives the U.S. exclusive control over their air and seas. So this is the bridge that gets you from Hawaii all the way across to the Philippines and up to Guam and the Marianas. It's this whole central zone of the Pacific that allows the first island chain defense, the second island chain defense, getting the troops to Taiwan, getting the troops to Japan, getting the troops to South Korea. And it's up for renegotiation. A section of it is up for renegotiation. All the countries have agreed, all four countries, the U.S. and the three uh, compact states. So on this map, we're talking about the three light blue countries in the middle. Um, the darker blue country just above Micronesia, that's, that's the United States. That's Guam and uh, Marianas. The problem is that uh, they've been caught up in this congressional battle the uh, amount of offset money that's required for these three countries to continue this relationship, to continue this exclusive access, is $2.3 billion for the three countries for 20 years. So it comes out to about $40 million a year for the U.S. to be able to push its defense perimeter all the way out to the Philippines and all the way up to Japan. Um, and 100,000 men died for this um, over 80 years ago, and today it's just it's just being forgotten in Congress. Okay, I want to go back. The the I was a uh, honored to be a member of the Pacific Fleet and the Seventh Fleet, so we've sailed this. I want to go back to this about the scale of it and the size of it. People cannot that have not been there. It's very hard to understand the immense scale of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> it is, uh, and this is one of the reasons that there's a great piece in the Financial Times today about how the United States is so, uh, is so privileged to have kind of the continental power we are. But one of the reasons this is true and they were defended is that we've got now, uh, different than 1941, we've really got a perimeter that goes quite far. <laughs> it goes tens of thousands of miles out. And that's why this can't be forgotten. To take that back was some of the bloodiest fighting in American history. And uh, it may not have gotten some of the, uh, the reportage or the coverage of places like uh, the Battle of the Bulge or D-Day or some parts of the European War. But between Pearl Harbor and the bombing of, uh, the bombing of Tokyo was a three-year bloody campaign that we don't want to ever have to go through again. This is actually a, a, the bridge to, the, uh, to East Asia. Walk through again. What, what is the issue? What do you need the Warren Posse to do? It's, it's $2.3 billion over what? Over 20 years? Over 40 years? Is it instead of 20 years? It's 2.3 billion over 20 years to cover three countries. And um, it, so it, it, I, mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, Grant Newsham, who's been on your show, estimated, uh, did yes. a sort of a, a technical calculation, estimated it would, without those three countries, it would cost 100 billion a year just to be, just have presence, the same level of presence in the area. Um, so if you're a fiscal conservative, this is definitely a very good deal. Um, and if you're what's, what's the whole, but yeah, this, what's the holdup? Is the holdup you need offsets? Is it because we, we just had an $840 billion defense budget? You think that this has been tucked into that? What, what are people looking for specific offsets or what's, what's the hang up on this? It was tucked into that. It was tucked into that until three days. Well, we know on the Friday it was in it. And then when it published officially on the Sunday, uh, it had been taken out. It had been taken. There was a meeting between uh, uh, Murray and Collins and Schumer and McConnell. And in that process, it got taken out. And I, we don't know, you know, whether they were trying to cut a little bit of money off of it or whether there was something else going on. But it was in there. So now it goes now, but now that's obviously heading to the house if the house picks it up. So but, now, but, Cle but Cleo, is, but Cleo, yeah. Cleo, th this would make no sense. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, would want to take our defense down. They would want to make the defense of Taiwan with those chips, the support of our true ally in Japan, much harder, and the Philippines. How could this just magically? I mean, there's got to be something that went on here, some deal that got cut to take this out and then make it kind of go away so that we lose access to this, uh, to this geographic area. Do you don't have any idea how that happened? 
So what I can tell you is the Chinese have been on the ground in all three countries spreading around literally hundreds of millions of dollars to try to, two of the three recognize Taiwan, so to try to pull those two away from Taiwan and to break the compacts. This has been an ongoing effort for years, and this is the window, this 20-year renewal window, where if China can get the U.S. not to renew the, this portion of the compacts, they have a chance of doing what Imperial Japan tried to do and successfully did yeah. for a while, which is push the U.S. all the way back to Hawaii. The East Asia Co-Prosperity Sphere started with the CCP. Okay, we're going to spend a lot more time with you because the audience loves when you come on and kind of describe this. Where do people go to get to the foundation? Where do they go to get you? What's your social media? Thank you. The foundation is fdd.org. For me, it's just my name, cleopascal.com. I've posted letters from President Whips of Palau and President Heine of uh, the Marshals describing the PRC political warfare on the ground. And I think at this point, it's a matter of letting Speaker Johnson know that uh, this is important to the posse and important to the U.S. and to the uh, memory and the souls of the 100,000 men who died uh, making this relationship possible. Yeah, on the 80th anniversary of this, uh, we should commemorate it with making sure they didn't die in vain. Cleo, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Thank you, sir. The quality, the quality of people we get on here just blows me away. This is a big one. I, we'll spend more time on it, break it down for you. She's doing a fantastic job. Birchgold.com, Worlds in Turbulence. I think you saw that today in our two hours. Lou Dobbs is going to follow us. We're back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. The show is already insanely crazy, but Ben Burkwam is going to be in East Palestine. Joe Biden's going to uh, traipse out there tomorrow. We're going to make sure that we hear from the folks in East Palestine and they get, give Joe Biden their uh, unexpurgated opinions. So make sure you go to uh, birchgold.com slash ban, not just the end of the dollar. I'm probably you get that. You got the third installment we redid called the debt trap because folks, when they get back, firestorm on March 1st. Another fight, another another time to the ramparts. We'll see you at CPAC. We'll go through all of this in detail. CPAC.org slash war room. Go check it out today. We'll be back here 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. See you then when you're in the war room. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to rickardswarroom.com. That's rickardswarroom.com now to see the video.